How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Hardwood Dynasty podcast. Episode 9. It's been a while. Uh, after the All-Star Week, took a week off for that. It's good to, to finally be back and, and have some fantasy matches going. How are you guys doing, Ethan and Max? Good, man. Good. It is pretty good. It's he, Huck, you sound so different now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, he, I love Dick. What? Dark. No, but good. Uh, You know, it's finally, finally back to fantasy basketball. The second half, the playoff push finally coming. Um, I hated the All Star weekend. No sports were on. Nothing was on. I know. Yeah, I played a lot of Warzone, like a lot of it. Yeah, getting dubs all day, modern day golf course. Well, kind of to get right into it here, um, we might as well talk about last week. We had a couple of big matchups. Uh, big happenings going on in the league. Uh, Chase, you know, beat Paul's team, a battle of the, the top tier teams there. Um, I expected it to be a little bit closer, but it looks like Chase uh, edged it out over Paul. What do you guys think about that? Well, first off, Andrew, did you say you're Andrew yet? No, they don't need to know that. Okay. I was about to say, I'm like, <laughs> listen, I've, listen, I have felt up half the league. You know, I, I'm, I get passed around from time to time. So everyone knows they need no introduction. It is okay. I, I, an anecdote to that end. I was at um, a wedding this past weekend in Hurwitz, who is Luca, my balls was in town. And the first thing he said was, hey, man, I'm really sorry. I can't be in this league anymore after this year. I was like, I, I agree, but I love you very much. <laughs> then he was like, yeah, he was talking about how like he's in over his head because he's just not paying enough attention. He's like, this one dude is constantly texting me about trades. I'm like, his name's Andrew. You've met him. Yeah, I, I already know exactly who you're talking about. Let me feel you up, man. Why do you hate me so much? <laughs> I won't buy this. Oh, no, he uh, I think at this point he's resigned to knowing he's wasting a good thing but not trying to trade out of that for whoever comes into the league next year and he just beat max without trying so he really does have that that was my that was my next topic there i really wanted to get past get past this without talking about losing to herwitz (laughs) it's one of those things where it's so frustrating because like obviously he doesn't pay attention ever or you know he'll set the you know start lineup throughout the week but then, like, his team is so stacked and so good that even with him on autopilot, for lack of a better term, he can pretty much, even on autopilot, beat any team in the league week in or week out. Dude, he had two injured players in his roster for the full two weeks. Like, just straight up in his roster. Meanwhile, all my guys get these dinky little injuries, these little, you know, oh, well, it's mostly just, like, resting over the All-Star break. Like, LeBron took his first game off and – Every big on my roster got injured. Um, like, it, And I'm using all five of my moves, picking up whoever is starting for the Nets um, and just trying <laughs> to keep up with Hurwitz. Like I'm picking up Nick Claxton and Jeff Green. Oh, I made I a Landry Shamit play it. in that same spirit. It's miserable. <laughs> like sitting there going like, oh, please, please Harden. Please Kyrie. Let somebody else score. Please. But yeah, still, even though, you know, it looks like Chase and Brennan, you know, are still, and I think I said Chase beat Brennan, but it's really Chase 
beat White Men Can't Jump. No, so I he probably, beat Thunder from Down Under, I thought. Yeah, yeah it beat, is Thunder from Down Under. He beat Paul, Paul. so I apologize and now he's, about that. But now Paul he's playing Jones? Brennan. So you're yeah, not now he's now he's playing Brennan. But uh, yeah, it looks like now, you know, as of last week, Chasen and Brennan kind of have separated themselves um, from the rest of the pack, chasing them for the playoff bubble. Uh, another thing, I was on the the bad end of just an ass kicking. Victor just tore me a new one, which can you know ten to one is going to jump anybody back up into the potential playoff hunt. Do you guys think that he has a a realistic shot to to grab an eight seed from anybody? Yeah, dude, he's he's two games behind. Look at my balls. Honestly, he's not in eighth place right now because I couldn't beat Hurwitz. Like, he's uh, he's very much in it. He needed that ten to one ass beating. Um, I do love that despite losing 10 to one, you're still in 12th. That's just how bottom our bottomed out league has gotten. Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I'm only two, two games from, from bottom of the bottom. So I, and I'm ma- making moves, making trades, feeling the people up as I like to say. So it's, my team is just bottom. Also, Ethan, I won't let you escape your. No, you know, I was about to say, I, I was on the same 10, uh, one ass kicking train. And uh, I was looking at the standings. And so I'm off the playoff bubble like that. I have so many injuries. I've made mistakes on my own accord as well, but I'm off the playoff bubble, but I'm like double digit games ahead of the bottom three and simultaneously nowhere close to the top 10. The bottom is really, Hey, you, you know, so far this week, you're not, you know, you're not down 10 to one again at that score. Look at who's injured on my team. (laughs) I feel like hug now. Van Vliet hurt. Embiid hurt. Tyler hero hurt. Um, fucking the guy, the Kardashian husband from Tristan Thompson hurt. Um, Darius Baisley hurt. Like I'm about to go up to seven dudes out of my eight IL or IL plus spots. Yeah, you said Kardashian husband, and I'm ashamed at how quickly my mind went to Chris Humphreys. You have Chris Humphreys? <laughs> oh no, like, he fits. The, I mean, hey, rebound. <laughs> yeah, but just, yeah. just the, the fact that I know it, I like, I immediately clicked to your roster. Like, he doesn't have Chris Humphreys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, also, you know, last week there was a a big trade that I personally, you know, between Max and I, I feel like was overlooked by the league, but we'll kind of get into it here. Um, I traded Max. Um, I traded Max Gordon Hayward, which is a sixth round eligible keeper. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, who is a third round, third round eligible keeper has, is injured currently, but that's, he's supposed to be coming back, I think within the next two weeks to three weeks. Um, and a kind of a throwaway guy that I don't even think Max has on his team anymore. Guillermo Hernan Gomez. Um, and in return, Max traded me LaMarcus Aldridge in the second, Kyle Lowry in the fifth and unkeepable Justin holiday. Max kind of explain your thinking behind that. I wanted Nurkic. That's it. Like I, I, I've been trying to get Nurkic all season long as my little blocks, rebounds, playoff stash guy. And you've been holding him close. Like I, I know you've been waiting for him to come back to trade him. So I knew I had to, I had to really spice up the offer a little bit. And for me, from a value perspective, Kyle Lowry and Gordon Hayward are, you know, neck and neck. They fill up different stats, but if you were to rank them, I think both are top 20-ish players, and I'm not keeping them one way or another. I've got Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the sixth and about a million fifth-rounders. Um, so 
Kyle Lowry for Gordon Hayward was negligible for me. Honestly, it's just nice to pick up another good forward. The big thing for me was trading LaMarcus Aldridge, who I think is just not good at basketball anymore. He had a couple games where I was like, yes, just keep doing this till I can trade you. Um, and Justin Holiday, who is a lot better than he's played since he got on your team. He's actually a really solid, unkeepable player. But I imagine you'll end up flipping during the year. Um, but getting both of those guys – over to you for Nurkic was the big get for me. I have Cantor, who has benefited from his absence and who will still have a role when he comes back. But, I mean, he's going to take a hit. He's going to go from double-double machine to every once in a while he'll get me 10 rebounds, and that's great. And I expect Nurkic to be a double-digit rebounds, you know, lead my team in blocks kind of guy. So that was my get out of all of it. It's a playoff play for Nurkic. Um yeah, I, now it's. I'm guessing you. Yeah, you want to talk about your side of the deal. So, so kind of my thought process behind it is, of course, before draft, you know, when I was looking doing my research. I was like, if Nurkic falls to me with, with my first pick, which would have been, of course, in the third round, uh, I would be ecstatic. That was the guy that, that I wanted. Um, didn't think he would fall to me, um, but loved that he did and. Just, I think he got performed the little bit that he was healthy earlier in the year, and then he got hurt. And I, I just looked; it looks like yesterday report came out that he's set to to return in about two weeks. So, I I didn't want to necessarily sell low on him, um, but with the injury and how poorly he performed at the beginning of this year, and also being hurt last year, his value just took a hard hit. Um, with Hayward, I already have a, a keeper, my my sweet baby daddy Julius Randall in the sixth that I plan on keeping for for a good time. So that I was trying to flip Gordon Hayward also. Um, I texted a lot of people uh, about Gordon Hayward. And, and to be honest, I was a little disappointed with the, the lack of interest. I know with our with our league, the the sixth round is kind of a, just the money round for a bunch of teams. They had, there's a ton uh, of huge name yeah. keepers in the sixth round, especially, you know, considering the sixth round is late. So I was a little disappointed with, with the lack of interest in Gordon Hayward. Um, but of course, where my team is, you know, I, I'm at the bottom pretty much, you know, while I'm not tanking, I'm still trying to win every week. My, my main concern is, is getting my five keepers solidified for next year. Um, Nurkic, while, while he has had a down year, since Max has uh, Penis Cantor, uh, Nurkic, the, the most value of, for Nurkic is on Max's team, is to kind of handcuff both those guys. If, if Nurkic doesn't work out, he still has Cantor, who will just continue to eat up those minutes. Um, have, he'll just play Nurkic and, and Cantor every night. So Nurkic was most valuable to Max. Um, and, and Kyle Lowry is a guard. I don't have a, a, a guard keeper other than Halliburton, who, who is young and, and a rookie in the ninth. So Kyle Lowry kind of fills a huge void for me. Um, while I, and LaMarcus Aldridge is now, obviously with the news coming out that he's not playing for San Antonio anymore, who knows if that makes it easier or more difficult uh, to flip him, I guess, pending where he goes. Um, but I think overall, while I think Gordon Hayward is, is probably a, a little bit of a better player than Kyle Lowry, um, not by much, but just op me operating from the standpoint of, you know, I can't keep Gordon Hayward um, and the lack of interest I got from across the league pretty much. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I'm, I'm super happy about getting Lowry. Um, kind of Justin Holiday is also kind of a 
some people might look at him as a throw in. He's not keepable, but he's also somebody that, that I might try to include just to kind of, to a playoff team entice to kind of sweeten the pot a little bit. Ethan, what do you think of the whole thing? Well, before Ethan jumps in, I just want to call out the kick in the ass that made this trade happen. And it was Paul. It was Paul. Oh, yeah. You're sitting there negotiating with Paul on the side, trying to talk to him about whatever keepers. Paul reaches out to me and he's like, yeah, here's your shop in Enos Cantor. And I'm like, what? Okay. So now I'm putting two and two together. I know he's talk- you're talking to Paul. I know Nurkic is exactly the kind of guy his team would need. Um, didn't know what, what keeper specifically he would be willing to trade for him, but that's, that's what kind of turned up the heat. Um, yeah, so I was bad. trying to get Cole Anthony. I, I wouldn't just, budge. I snaked Nurkic from Paul while he's busy with, you know, he just had his little baby boy this past week, um, which takes some of the hurt off of his loss. I'll show you to have a child. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you've got your child and I've got Nurkic, okay? We're very proud of our boys. Oh, yes. So, Ethan, what do you think about the trade? So, I think you have to sort of sift through a lot of the, you know, it's a six-player trade, but to me it's a – two-player trade with a massive wild card being Nurkic. But the, it's a two-player trade. It's, 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 to me, Andrew moving off of Gordon Hayward, who's a keeper duplicate for him and who didn't really have a market because I like that branding. Sixth round is the money round. Jalen Brown, SGA, Sabonis, among others um, who are keepable in that round. Julius Randle. <laughs> Julius Randle on your team. Yeah, he's, he's a guy. <laughs> Um, so trading off of him to get Lowry, who is, I mean, I don't know that he's here for a long time for, you know, in the league thinking like five years, but I mean, the way he's playing right now, the way you could expect him to come back and play next year, I think he's uh, at least even equal to his fifth round value. You know what I mean? So you get rid of a keeper duplicate for somebody who actually has some keeper value to you. I think Justin Holiday was a great kicker that makes it worth giving up the wild card that is Nurkic. Um, but Justin Holiday is shooting 40% from three this year and, and with some volume. I mean, he's taking six and a half threes a game and shooting 40% at that volume. So he is – no, he's not going to be a full box, you know, box score stuffer, mm-hmm. but he's going to get you 12 to 15 points a game with really good three-point shooting – um, and is going to be an asset Andrew can include um, mm-hmm. in a trade Hopefully. flip later. Hopefully. I was I was hoping Nurkic would have come back a little bit earlier from his injury because my plan, are, you know, in an ideal world, was for him to put like get past you know his minute limit, like them limiting his minutes and kind of slowly working again and show it like get hot and then try to sell high on him another guy for a, a good keeper. But with him set to come back in, in two weeks, our trade deadline, I believe, is the first week of April. Is that right? Yes, it's April 9th or Something like somewhere that. in that ballpark, yeah. Yeah, so, so with that, it just – by the time – the timing just match up. But I think from a, from, an out, from, a, from a team that is outside of the playoffs looking in, uh, not even really looking in, just kind of like, hey, I'll see you guys next year. Um, I think Nurkic is a huge, huge get for Max to where I think I think Max is definitely a part of the the top contenders. I wouldn't put him necessarily one or two, um, but I'd put him in that three to five range. I think if Nurkic can come back and and go, you know, 
lives up to that potential, um, that kind of put Max puts Max in that category of you know being in that top three. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I see him as you know eight to ten rebounds, one maybe two blocks a game. Certainly, someone who's going to help him. And like you said, like uh, Max having cancer makes Nurkic more valuable to him than anybody else in the league. That's easy logic. I follow you on that. But then you look at, uh, you know, you look at his score. He's not really a scorer. He's not really a volume offensive player. He's not really like a dump, like a Clint Capella shot blocker. Like this year he averages one block shot per game. No, he, but he could score. I think, I don't think it's out of crazy for, for him to think, you know, for us to think when Nurkic, if, if he comes back and, and is healthy for him to, to get 15 and 10 or, or 15 and 12, somewhere along those lines. That's kind of the numbers I'm anticipating out of him. Once he's 100% and playing, you know, 25 to 30 minutes a game. Because last year before he got hurt, he obviously didn't play a ton, but he was averaging, I think, close to 18 points a game and 10 rebounds. Now, I don't anticipate him getting to the, the two blocks a game and things like that, but I think, I don't know if he'll get 18 and 10, but I think, you know, 15 and 10 isn't anything just super crazy out there. Okay, but, but for, a, so for a guy. I'm looking at his numbers. He averaged 15 points a game in 2016-17. We played 20 games. So, okay, cool. He averaged 14 points a game, nine rebounds in 2017-18. He played 79 games. That was that was a real arrival for him on a different tier of, of impact. Then the next year, 15.5 points, 10.5 rebounds in 72 games. But then uh, last year, more injury problems. This year, you know, last year he only played in eight games. This year he's only played in 12 games. Before that two-year stretch, he had injury problems. So, yeah, I mean, at his best, you are absolutely right. He's 15 rebounds – or, excuse me, 15 points, 10 rebounds, uh, 30 minutes a game. But now at this point, even if he is healthy, there's no way he plays 30 minutes a game. I see him as like 22 to 26 minutes a game. And I – frankly, I – See him kind of like how I see – it's not an apt comparison, but like what we've talked about with Giancarlo Stanton in baseball where it's like the only stat with him I'm really concerned with is games played. I feel like everything else that we know he can deliver can be delivered. So I'm, and, less, I'm less worried about his like ability, I guess, to, to come back um, and play large minutes because it was a wrist injury. You know what I mean? Like if it was his, if it was a knee injury, he's coming back from like an Achilles or something like that. He was having problem jumping. That would be one thing. But wrist injury, once it's healed, it's healed. You know what I mean? Okay, like, but that's this injury is my. Point. Oh yeah, no, no, no. He's he's a he's a giant. You he's still made out of balsa wood. I get it. He's a better, but he's a wild card. I wouldn't use Lamarcus Aldridge as wild card. Yes, he. We don't know where he's going to end up, but he's a guy who's only averaged double digit rebounds twice in his career, largely playing a stretch four before Curry kind of changed offense across the league. And he, so he's not a volume rebounder. He's a modern day five. Who's definitely not going to get major minutes. So, I mean, like for Andrew to have him is, is more, I think of what it like the worst of the three guys, Andrew got back Lowry and Justin holiday to me have, if Andrew was to try and flip them again and continue trying to maximize his five keepers for next year, which is a, mindset I relate to extremely strong nowadays uh, with where my team is, then those two guys have value. Aldridge doesn't have as much value as them. So to upgrade from him to Nurkic 
especially with all having Cantor is a no brainer. I'm just saying it's a wild card. It's not like I'm not excited. I'm just intrigued. It's if it's not money in the bank, but like I, I am entertaining just a clown car of bigs, uh, injured bigs on my roster right now. Cause I've got, I've got Adebayo and yeah. that's it, man. Like I've got Adebayo and Enos Cantor have been my best bigs so far all season. Right. And so I'm sitting here hoping Kevin Love or Blake Griffin or, you know, if not Blake Griffin, maybe Jeff Green keeps getting minutes. Occasionally he plays well. Occasionally they start him. I don't know. I mean, bigs are a hard commodity to come by right now. To me, I think just the Nurkic, obviously he's not a all-star, like can't wait for him to come back. He's going to change my team. But from a, from a playoffs, you know, from a playoff team's perspective, I think for a lot of those guys, that's somebody that while – I know that's who Max wanted. Getting Gordon Hayward is what makes it worth him giving up Kyle Lowry. For but sure. Nurkic could have been had at a somewhat, I don't want to say super cheap, but at a somewhat discount. It's just, in my opinion, worth the would have been worth the risk for any playoff team to ask about that guy and try to get them, try to get him. Especially with IL plus. Now I will I will yeah. On with that I will agree with with you. People not being more aggressive to just gauge what his price is, is different than people deciding they don't want to pay that price. For sure. So I'm with you on, on that. But to your original point, in kind of a fantasy football, two running backs type of theology, Max sets up the most efficiently to welcome onto his roster because of how much he just said himself, how much he's leaned on Cantor while he's been thin in yeah. post players. For sure. Well, for anybody, you know, looking for LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, want to buy him, you know, come to, <laughs> come to me. I'll treat you right. I'll treat you with love and care. Um, I mean, maybe he also goes to Brooklyn. Who knows? It's the new thing to do. The yeah. most consistent part of this podcast is whoever's hosting pimping out their own players. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't pay attention to my record. Don't pay attention to my player stats. Just listen to my words. But – Let's get off the trade talk. I'm sure, you know, people – We could sit, I could sit here and talk about my own team all day. But we got another topic. It's blind resumes where Ethan is going to kind of explain what that is, and we'll ta- he'll take it from there. Yeah, so I thought as sort of uh, one of our, uh, you know, like segments, games, whatever, before we get into uh, the week's predictions, we could do blind resumes. I feel like you all know what those are from – ESPN, it's not exactly an original idea or whatever sports show that you watch. Um, It's not really an original idea, but these are sort of in the framework of one fantasy basketball, not real life value. So there's like, you know, unquantifiable defensive IQ and things like that are not into play here. These are more akin to math problems. Um, But two, it's, it's not so much about the stats being different. It's more, here's two players with similar stats. And then when I reveal the names, I think you'll find you think of them differently but they in fact have similar stats so um with that we can dive right in so my first blind resumes um uh player a 25 points and these are this year's per game averages 25 points 11 and a half rebounds about four assists 10 field goals made a game 49 percent from the field 41 percent from three so yeah real real good Player B, 22 and a half points, a little over eight rebounds, three assists, nine field goals made a game, 
53% from the field, 29% from three. So, um, you know, I, I think th in that one, I ahead. think, I think that one's probably a easy in my opinion to take player a based off of one, the rebounds and, and shooting 41% from three. Um, I know he, obviously points are very close, but player A still has more points, but the, the rebounds, I know how tough rebounds are to get amongst our, at least our fantasy league. And with the three point percentage, I'll take the, the player A in that scenario. Yeah. If you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, which, you know, that's kind of what we do. Um, I, I'm assuming Ethan's going to come back and tell us some player, player B that we're like, oh, that guy's one of the best. We're stupid. <laughs> but like for fantasy purposes, player A has been so much better. He's scoring more points. He's getting three more rebounds a game and he's shooting at a 41% clip from three. Like that's, that's bananas. That's elite. That's not yep. something you should be able to get from. Players. Is that a, I wish I could guess, but there's no shot oh, I can man. guess. It's got to oh, be like a. Go, go ahead. Okay. Just get, I mean, dude. I, Vooch. Is it Vooch? Yeah, I was going to say Vooch. Which player? Player A? Or, player yes, A. It's player be A one is Nick Vucevic. That's Chris. Oh, yeah. yes. I was, I was wondering why I was getting hard. And um, he's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Who player B might, might be? Uh, uh, that's tough. Giannis. I'm just guessing off the three-point Is it is it a healthy player? Is he healthy currently? Um, I mean, he's played more games than he's missed this year, but currently he's not. I was going to say Anthony Davis. It is Anthony Davis. Oh. Boom. So again, yeah, I would have said player A as well. So I, you know, I obviously Anthony Davis, and I'm biased on this. I think he has a tremendous value that's unquantifiable. Like his defensive presence changes, like offensive philosophy and things like that are are unquantifiable. But from a fantasy perspective, um, Vucevic as a third rounder versus Davis in the first is a way better prospect. The, oh, the yeah. scary thing for Trevor, who obviously that, uh, you know, uh, that guy in the third and Carl Towns are, are probably his two best players, um, is Orlando stinks. They're never going to be able to sell higher on Nick Vucevic than right fucking now. And Nick Vucevic is never going to be able to, to sustain these numbers playing with anybody else competent. That's the thing. He's, a, he's like a fantasy gold mine. And a ticking time bomb at the same right. time. You put the brow and say, go to Orlando or go to some other trash team where you're the only player on the team. He would put up just insane Bradley Beal-esque stats. I think Bradley Beal is another fantastic example of that where it's like yeah. last year and then hell this year because Russell Westbrook's not good at basketball anymore. Um, <laughs> like that's, that's a huge deal. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. It, uh, I would have never guessed Anthony Davis for player B. So that's uh, I can't believe numbers. that three point percentage for Vooch. That's insane, right? Forty one percent bananas. And I'm he's sure like he's not just shooting ten of them a game, but I'm sure he's shooting a, a pretty solid amount, especially for a center. That's just he's bananas. sinking like three of them a game. We talked about it uh, in our fantasy MVPs. He at least he was yeah. just insane. Yeah, he yeah. is. Uh... He takes about seven a game and makes three God. out of three for seven. That's bananas. Yeah. Yeah, he's officially up there with uh, the other centers who are three-level scorers. Like, he's not better than Joel Embiid, but he, you know, whatever is the top tier of of offensive centers that, you know, someone like Joel Embiid or Nick Vucevic is at the – or Nick Jokic is at the top of. Like, Vucevic, while below them, is on that top tier now in terms well, of how he can impact purposes, the game offensively. For fantasy purposes, he might be above them right now. 
Like just yeah, fantasy purposes, Vucevic I think still averaging a triple double or yeah. Jokic. I keep getting these big white Nikolas confused. Regardless, Trevor, don't let them talk you out about how he's great, but he's gonna be bad. You ride Vooch all the way to Pleasure Town. <laughs> no, I don't think he's gonna be bad. I just think Orlando would be stupid not to trade him, and if he's playing with other good people that can also score. He will, I mean, his value on the, you know, his efficiency rating might go up, but then, yeah, from fantasy, it's scary. But, but also, like, Orlando's not a tremendously well run franchise. So they might just be like, fuck it, we'll sit on his gold mine value. And then Trevor is really dangerous going into the playoffs. Dude, if I'm Golden State, I do whatever I can to get him. Right? You would think. I would do whatever, even, and I would maybe even give up Wiseman for him. Andrew, but, send Wiseman to the team that turns bigs into superstars. I don't have him anymore. I <laughs> oh, don't have true. him. That's true. I'm not, I mean, I, I'm rooting for him, but like I have, yeah, you know. It's Kyle's problem now. Yeah, Kyle can can deal with his men, but I, I, <laughs> I think Golden State's a good fit there. But Okay, so right. next set. Next two players. These are players C and D because um, that's how the alphabet works. Um, player C. Um, 20 points, six rebounds, six assists a game, seven and a half field goals made per game, Fifth, you know, 49%, uh, so basically 50% from the field, 42% from three. Pretty fucking good. Player D, 21 points, four rebounds, five assists a game, 7.7 field goals made, so about the same field goals made per game, 47% from the field, 39% from three. So player D is like just a, a – a, tick under in some categories and just to tick over in other categories than player C. Yeah. They look like carbon copies almost. I feel um, like there's so much pressure on us to guess these specific players and there's well, no shot. That's the thing. The first one was a lot easier. Cause it's like, how many guys get that many rebounds? Yeah. Get three pointers that aren't yep. Embiid, you know, well, shocked one, that we were able to get that. This one is, I, do you guys want to take a stab? I mean, you're one for one. So player C is better than player D for sure. The, this season. Yes. Um, Player D is still a volume scorer, though. Well, so is player C. That's one point difference. Is 20 is points your threshold of being a volume scorer or not? Yeah, well, I mean, arbitrarily right Absolutely. Now, yes. I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like 20 points in an NBA game is like – well, not anymore now that scoring is up so much, but I used to think of it as like 100 rushing yards in a regular season NFL game. Fair. Like – it's a lot, and I respect the performance, but also, like, it'll happen four or five times across the league every Sunday. Uh, is player C SGA? No. Andrew, do you have a guess at player C? All right, either of them? That's a good guess, though, Max. I, you know. I'm going to be honest. I have no idea. Can I take another step? One more. Sure. All right. Uh, who's the small forward for the Pistons? The guy that uh, – Oh, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. He was a guy I thought to include in uh, in these. It's not him. Okay. I didn't end up having another guy that had like similar enough numbers. But he's a guy. He's weirdly been Nuck's best fucking player lately. He's been one of the best Besides players in the league. Ja. He has. So no, I I don't know. I I couldn't tell you either one of these guys. Then I'm guessing player D is somebody just. So player C is the guy who I think is the most underrated player in the nba based on just like twitter and fan fodder and that's chris middleton of the bucks oh Ooh, yeah he's fantastic second best player on milwaukee but people don't think of him as like a 
I mean, he doesn't, he's not a Dwayne Wade caliber number two, but people don't give him enough respect as number two on a team that at least in the regular season is in their third straight year of being pretty fucking good. And then player D is Jamal Murray, who people think of as this, I mean, it's they think of it because it's true. He can get Dang. 40 or 50 points any night, but he's not scoring. He's barely scoring more than a guy like Chris Middleton. He's putting the ball in the basket about the same rate. He's shooting slightly worse percentages, fewer did, rebounds, fewer assists. He's so streaky. He's did that Middleton guy, cool off? I thought at the beginning of the year, Middleton was just on fire, like yeah, averaging he, he, much uh, higher. He faded a little bit, but I think it was more of – a plurality of of weapons in in Milwaukee and the East right now only has like four or five teams that are even near 500 or above it. So there's a lot of there's a lot of Eastern Conference games where Milwaukee can be a little more. I'd be I'd have to go. I'd be curious to look at his like minutes per game over the last 30 days versus maybe the first month of the season. My thinking on Chris Middleton is he's a KH risk, right? He's a what? K H R I S, Chris. I believe yes. so. Yes. See, like it's it's uh, people just underestimate those guys. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Remember K H Riss Davis, Mister Two Forty Seven on the dot. Set your watch to it. Yeah, no, there's uh, he's a ranger. If, if he was if <laughs> with a C, people would be looking at him very differently. I'm just saying. It's true. It's true. Okay. One more from this season, and then we have a time machine one before prediction. So uh, the last one that for present, uh, present day 2021 season, um, player E, 22 points, 10.5 rebounds a game, four assists, two blocks, about eight field goals made a game, 49% from the field, 36% from three. So you're probably gathering from 10.5 rebounds, two blocks a game that he is somebody with some length. Player F, 25.5 points a game, seven rebounds, three and a half assists, 10 field goals made a game, 62% from the field, 32% from three. Do you have a guess at either of these two players? I have one for player F. Okay, player F I think has a, a, a pretty glaring giveaway. Who do you think it is? I think that's Zion. Yep, because of the field goal percentage? Not the field goal percentage. Well, I mean, the field goal percentage and just – the guy's a beast, but yeah, the in the points and like I said, the field goal percentage for sure. So I lied. It is specifically oh the field goal percentage is how I got it. Yeah, Max, I'm a big old liar. You got to go in. I'll put the once the pod drops in the group text, I'll put the text thread in there. But Ken Tremendous, aka Mike Schur, aka Mo Stroop, he's like a big NBA fan, and he has a running thread throughout the season of Zion Williamson shot charts. And like when I tell you, he will shoot like. 10 for 14 from the field and not one shot is even outside of the restricted area. Not like he didn't make one from out there. He did not attempt one from outside of like six feet. His shot, his shot charts are the funniest fucking things. Why would he? Why would he? He could just bully his way in there as long as yes. he's healthy. Is, so as player E and Bede, I was looking at the two blocks and the three-point percentage, and I'm like, there can't be that many players like this. Right? You're thinking along the right lines. Player E is actually Carl Towns. Uh, okay. I was going to guess Julius Randle for that one, but I think he has more assists. Than I was going to say, rebounds. I actually think Randle has maybe better numbers than but that. Randle doesn't get two blocks a game. 
Probably not two blocks a game. No. But offense on the offensive side, he's probably got some better numbers. I, I like that I said that like Randall's a piece of shit. Like Randall, yeah, like, <laughs> like you know his stats. How dare you? I'm just saying, I would know if he got two blocks a game. <laughs> trust me, I would. Uh, he'd be on my radar. Oh, uh, so that was one where it's it's interesting because Zion is giving up rebounds. Um, you know, three and a half yeah. a game compared to Carl Towns. And he's not going to, you know, he shoots 32%, and that's not just a worse percentage. That's at way less volume, which is not reflected in our in the notes you guys have for this. But he scores more points. He takes, you know, he makes more shots per game. He, from the field, probably shoots as good a field goal percentage as any player with his number of touches in the league, if not for yeah. like the last three years. But then there's also a lot of reasons why, as a modern-day big man, Carl Towns is still – uh, in a track that one ass. is that one is much more difficult to kind of pick I, I typically try to go with the guy with more rebound just because i know how hot of a commodity that is but 62 mm-hmm. percent from the field is is just insane dude chase was willing to trade this guy earlier this year like we're all big dumb dummies who would you guys take if you had to, if you had to pick one of those guys who would you have like to start your fantasy basketball team or whatever it may be uh zion I think I would rather. I think I take towns. I think yeah, so. Let's, if it's a redraft and no keepers, because we keepers are not really weighing into these blind resumes either. Um, then I think I would take towns as well, just because of. Um, I just I'm in, I'm interested to see. Um, you know, I think one of two things is going to happen. Either one, Zion is going to be a transcendent player of his generation and is going to like is going to carve out a unique niche all to himself in offensive basketball in the twenties in the NBA, or people are going to figure out how to play deep team defense to counter somebody who won't shoot for more than 10 feet. And maybe his rebounds go up, but his volume scoring and his shot attempts go down. I hope the first one. In Zion, this is Zion's second year in the league, right? Yes, and last uh, yes. year was COVID he was year. injured and then you know interrupted before the bubble and he, uh, that whole weird thing. So, Theo, like, so mathematically, he's probably played. I mean, if you include his injury, he's definitely played less than a full season. And like in comparison, so whenever he first showed up, obviously Sports Center tweeted out a bunch of stuff like, "Look, Zion made a dunk. How great!" But right. like his numbers weren't this, and nobody in the NBA can do this. So he's still technically a rookie, in my opinion. Like we're we're not seeing Zion's peak. Like, this is something. If I'm Chase, I'm very excited about. Like you're gonna have a guy that's gonna might be a top five ish fantasy player in the second round for like the next eight to ten years. So yeah, that's I. I'm not trying to discount Carl Towns. I think Cat's great. Um, I just. No, but to your point, Cat more – I mean, he's young, but, like, he's, his age ver- is not the same as his number of years in the league. Like, exactly. Towns kind of no, is what he is, which is an all-star player. Yeah. He's, he's also top 10 Zion fantasy is, player. Zion is also literally an all-star player already. The, the other thing with, with Carl Towns that I think it makes me, like it, – it has nothing to do with fantasy, but it still clouds how I think of him is, um, like – he's kind of the same player as Kevin Love was in Minnesota, not in terms of style, but in terms of like, okay, you can go somewhere else where a LeBron or somebody on that tier of the NBA is and be an awesome contributor to a championship team. 
but like Minnesota's just going to suck with you there. The only way Minnesota gets out of sucking is if Anthony Edwards laps you and they have the two of you there together. Like, so that I'm like, ugh. whereas Zion, I mean, New Orleans not gonna make the playoffs this year, but they definitely are taking a step forward. And if they keep him and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo together, then that's a, I would rather, that's real I would nice. rather my asset grow up through that than Carl Towns where I'm like empty stats for just a shit team in a market that can't wait for twins opening day. I'm also pretty sure New Orleans just owns the next two NBA drafts. Like nobody else is making any picks. It's just New Orleans, right? <laughs> <laughs> they have, I don't know the NBA draft and, and trading of picks always confuses me so much and what's protected before the lottery happens and stuff. Um, but yeah, they have a lot of irons in the fire over the next couple of drafts is my understanding. I'm looking it up, but take us, take us back in time. I'm, I'm, uh, okay. The last one, this is, this is a time machine blind resume. Three guys. One of them is from this present year. Two others are NBA MVPs of years past. Um, and years going back, I, I, it's not like from the Bill Russell era, but I'll say back to in our lifetimes. Okay. Um, you don't have to predict the season that it happened. You just you can try and predict the players, or you can just say who you like best. But so the first player, twenty five eight or you know twenty five a night, eight rebounds, eleven assists, eight field goals made per game, forty eight percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three. Second guy, twenty nine points a night, fourteen rebounds, six assists, ten field goals made per night, fifty six percent from the field, thirty two and a half percent from three. The third player. 31 and a half points a game, six rebounds, five and a half assists, three steals, 12 field goals made per night, 54% from the field, 31% from three. I'd like to say I, I think I would take player H if I had to pick one. I don't know. But man, that's three tough. steals a night. Three steals a night for, for the last player listed, plus 31 yeah. and a half points. The other two guys in terms of steals per game and blocks per game, it was like their career or their for the season that I was looking at rather it was like between 0 0.7 and one per night. So I just didn't list it, but three steals a night. I was like, Oh, I, I is player is player G Stockton. No, no, um, he wouldn't have that many rebounds, right? I was going to say if he ever had eight rebounds a game, I think Carl Malone would have killed him because Carl Malone <laughs> is only about Carl Malone. He's a terrible person. Is it, is it magic? No, but that was – you're thinking along more the lines of the two. I'm just trying to think of guys that had 11 assists, like high so, assists So, all right, guys. I'll tell you – I won't reveal all of them. I will tell you that player G specifically – Bird. Off, player G is present day right here and now James Harden. Oh, well, that's misleading. But the other two guys are historical. Okay, okay. Right. Those two, so it's still true. You had Just, me throwing out Stockton and, and Magic when it was Harden. That's why I told you what it was. I said two of the three are historical. You guys were Son only making a... historical guesses, so I was trying to. But to people, we got that, in a time machine. We didn't get in a time machine to go back to like 2017. Uh, can I get hot time No, this is J. That's James Harden right here and now. So to people that think that James Harden, the other two historical guys. Those are numbers from MVP winning seasons of theirs. So to people that think James show? Harden is is uh, to people that have faults with his game, he's averaging 
25, 8, and 11 right now on almost 50% from the field. And that's with fat Houston days weighing on those stats where he was still getting 30-point triple doubles. Okay, so can I say player I is Michael Jordan? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's correct. Player I is Michael Jordan's 1991 season. I think it was like his third league MVP, but that was his first championship season. And player H, it's got to be the dream, right? Player H is a season from this past decade. It's a guy that's still in the league. Uh, It's got to be like a – is it like a Dwight Howard or a – did Dwight Howard shoot that many threes? 56% field goal percentage, 14 rebounds, 29. I'm just trying to think of rebound guys. My is first thought Tim is like, Duncan? it's got, it's gotta be Drummond because of the rebounds. No, you're, it's for, you're, uh, you're thinking along the right lines, but it's more obvious. It's way more obvious than Andre Drummond. This is sort of proving the point though, of people that are, that are maybe growing numb to this particular, it's not LeBron, but people who are growing numb to this particular is player's Kevin Garnett? excellence. No, but Ooh, he, these guess. are very cage like numbers. That's a great I felt guess. very good about the Kevin Garnett. That's a great guess. Tell us who it is. We're it's Gian, the, This is Giannis from his first MVP season because he's done it two years in a row. Yeah, Max, idiot. It's you know Giannis. Me crazy? We got into a time machine to talk about two players. They're currently in the fucking NBA. What are we doing in this time machine? Yeah, oh I, th- I thought we were I going was, like I was all like, time greats that are not yeah. playing anymore. You listeners just see some black oh, and a painstaking white effort in basketball reference to track these stats down. <laughs> this is this, what this, I get. This, se- this segment was enjoyable. I loved it. <laughs> but this hot tub time machine blind resume that wasn't a time machine – Really just puts a poor taste. All right, guys, we're getting in a time machine. We're getting in a time machine. We're going all the way back to last Thursday. You At know? least lead you act like with that Michael wouldn't Jordan. Be awesome though. At least lead with Michael Jordan. <laughs> I know. I should have put. I should have put James Harden last instead of at the top. God. I still loved it. Whatever. Let's start talking about some matchups. So week yes. twelve matchups. The first one we got, which I think is the potential preview to the finals is Chase's neat team at 80, 40, and 1 versus Hong Kong Heroes at 78, 41, and 2. Max, what are you thinking? Oh, God. It's the two best teams <laughs> in the league. One and two. That I, I pick against them every week, and they fucking hate it. Um, little do they know, me picking against you is good. I pod cursed. Trademark. Uh, I pod cursed. <laughs> uh, uh, Paul, like five weeks in a row. Um, Chase is going to win this. Uh, he's just, he's got the volume scoring. Uh, he's already got 23 three pointers made and his team's shooting 46% from behind the arc. Like they're just, if, if Chase's team is on, they're going to be hard to beat. I, I still think it's between him and Trevor as far as if your team is at full strength, those are the two teams that scare me the most. Brennan has a great team and I still think this is going to be a close matchup. Seven to four right now could end up being six to five. Uh, I don't think it goes further than that. But, yeah, I think Chase takes this one. Ethan, what do you think about this one? Uh, I think Chase as well. I think Chase is now – his team is performing at such a level. It's – even when he's playing a a team the caliber of Brennan's, who I um, have a tremendous amount of respect for, I'm like – I don't even look at who he's facing. I'm like, as long as no one new has gotten injured that I didn't see about, he's – going to be fine. His team is peaking so much right now and KD hasn't played in weeks. And, uh, and so it's only going to go up from there. You know, it's insane. He, he, 
again, for his team, it's truly the only stat that really matters to me is games played. As long as he avoids the injury bugs, he is going to – it's not impossible to beat him, but for that other team, even a team as good as Brennan, as good as Paul's, it's like you have to be healthy and have your best week of the season because a just a an 80% week for Chase is just very scary. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just counting stat – overload i mean i another guy I almost put in um blind resumes is terry rozier terry rozier is 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 fucking balling and obviously Lamelo is playing incredible in charlotte like regardless of how dangerous they might be in a playoff push their entertainment value is really high and terry rozier is like the ninth best player on chase's fucking team and he gets 20 a night so yeah it's just it's a lot to wrap your mind around so Brennan just beat me 10 to one. He's not going to have any trouble getting a top four seed and, and making a run in the playoffs, but yeah, it, it's starting to really look like Chase is to lose. No, I, I agree with both of you. It's Chase's like the shooting percentages that, that his team puts up. I mean, obviously they have Zion who we just, you know, discovered his shooting percentage, but for the, volume shooters that he has and for his shooting percentages to still be that high. Like I look at my sometimes three point percentage and it can be high sometimes just because my guys don't shoot. Right. So for him to have the the number of volume scores that he has and still have those high shooting percentages that he has so far this week and that it looks like he, from what I've seen most, mostly it's every week. It's 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 near impossible to to beat him, and he's doing all of that without KD. Um, it's insane. So I, yeah, I I agree with both of you guys that I think Chase takes this one. Um, on to the next one, we have Thunder down from down under seventy one forty seven and three versus Uniballers, which is fifty six sixty one and four. What do you think of this one, Ethan? So, <clears throat> excuse Thunder from down under has been uh, pod curse lately. Um, these are two teams whose records say one thing, but their last two or three matchup trends say another. Um, and so I think with that in mind, I'm going to take Luke this week. Getting CJ McCollum back is just so fucking massive. Um, we just sort of went through Anthony Davis, maybe, um, again, being just from a fantasy numbers only perspective, not perspective, maybe a little, overrated but clearly he's still that that's over in that maybe we thought he was the 12th best player and he's the 24th best player he's still a fucking awesome player um so when he comes back which probably won't be in this matchup or even the next one but um hopefully before the playoffs start since luke needs a little help to get in there um he's a team again that's trending really positively um calms back malik monk again is on this really exciting charlotte offense um, Jared Allen is now the man in Cleveland. Um, and so he's getting a lot of good And Jakob Pertl is now the starter in San Antonio. So yeah, that's huge. That is massive for him. So, um, I'll yield my time, but I think Paul has the better body of work this year, but based on, on where things have been going, I'm going to take Luke this week. And that's big for the, the race for the eight seed. Yeah. Great body, yeah. Paul. Good body. <laughs> and Mazel Tov on the growing family. I'm happy for you and Beth. Yeah, I don't, I don't know you personally, Paul, but congratulations. But I'm going to have to agree with Ethan. I think Luke takes this one. He's, there's so many injuries for Paul. He has Gasol, 
Uh, Lamb is game time decision. I know for him, he kind of rotates on and off with with being injured at the beginning of the year. Um, but with with Luke's team getting McCollum back is huge in this you know San Antonio starting center now. And Devin Booker is, has kind of caught fire earlier in the year. He's super inconsistent, but over the past couple of games here, it looks like he's he's hit thirty twice. Um, so and it looks like shooting percentage wise, he's heating up a little bit. So I, I agree with Ethan. It, I, I'm going to take Luke uh, this weekend. And what I would think, with how close these games are on a week to week basis, you know, only winning by one or two categories, I don't want to say must win, but a much, much, much needed win for Luke to kind of stay in the playoff hunt. All right, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with both of you guys. Paul, I'm so sorry if I'm pod cursing you again, but I, I got to pick Paul's team. Um, I like that Luke has McCollum coming back. Porter Jr. is getting a lot of many minutes now. It's so strange to me that Porter Jr., I, like, I, I get he's, he's just a piece of shit in Cleveland. Got him, but Cleveland's not good enough to just cut or just get rid of players like this, you know, like – Houston sends him down uh, and he balls out in the G League and now all of a sudden he's, he's filling minutes there. And, you know, tonight he's made seven baskets, shooting 64%, 16 points, five assists. And they're in the third quarter. You know, they're barely past halftime. Like, this guy's a baller. Um, so good for Luke on, on picking him up. And I'm, I know the Pirtle thing works out for him. He's got a couple of good, uh, good spurs on his team and Gay and Pirtle and Patty Mills. Here's the thing. Paul's team is still Paul's team. Like the, the fact that they have lost to a couple of crazy good teams recently um, might be a little misleading. Also, he's got, you know, 7,000 players on the injured list. Not all these players are important to him. Um, like, Cole Anthony's been hurt for a while. I, Killian Hayes does not affect Paul's bottom line, nor does Mark Gasol or, I mean, I guess Evan Fournier hurts. Um, but, like, he doesn't care about Austin Rivers. At the end of the day, he still has a couple more games for Middleton, for Curry, for Dame. I think this is a four- or five-game week for Portland. Um, so he's getting a bunch of games out of Dame. Jimmy Butler has been making me look like a damn fool since I traded him. Like, I, I traded him, I thought, at his peak value. It was like, oh, he scored, like, three triple-doubles in a week. And it's like, set a, set a Miami Heat record. I'm like, great. It's all downhill from here. Give me, give me, you know, Kawhi or whoever. No, I traded him Kawhi. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, give me Shea Gilchrist Alexander. I got to have it, uh, which he's worked out too. But Jimmy Butler has been insane lately. So between him, Gobert, I think Kawhi only has like two more games, but that's still something. I, I Paul's going to be difficult to beat. I know that it's Tuesday and he's down 7-4, but it's a pretty narrow margin across the board. I mean, we're looking at like, what, two baskets, two points, two assists. Um, really, the only thing Luke's running away with right now is blocks and maybe three-point percentage. Uh, so I, it'll be a close matchup. I don't think Paul blows him out, but I'll give him six, five, or seven, four at least. And I, I got to say, looking towards the playoffs for Paul's team, um, a couple big things to watch is uh, Diallo. Diallo going to Detroit. I know that uh, tr Detroit traded speed for Diallo and a bunch of bunch of Thunder fans were pissed off about that. They were like, oh, we traded uh, – Ethan shared a tweet with us, I think. And it was, uh, oh, we traded Diallo for the Wi-Fi password. Um, <laughs> but Diallo could get some real minutes for Detroit. And when he's gotten real minutes with OKC, he's been really good. 
So if he's somebody that can continue to get minutes and Paul goes into the playoffs with Diallo getting minutes off Detroit, healthy Jeremy Lamb, Lamb, healthy Fournier, um, plus the Plumlee Ian Stewart. I know I've brought that up before, but I I think they're going to start weaning Plumlee off the minutes because Detroit doesn't have much to gain from developing him. Whereas Ian Stewart, the more minutes they give him, the better he looks. Um, Which is why it's just abundantly funny that Detroit gave Plumlee so much fucking money this offseason when all Plumlee's ever done is back up Jokic. Hey, he got a triple and now, a couple weeks and ago. now Plumlee's just in the way of the guy they really want to play who costs an eighth of what he costs. Yeah, how much of this is just them going, hey guys, look what Plumlee can do. This offseason, trade us, you know, a protected first form or trade us a prospect you don't have room on your team for. Trade us a Nicholas Claxton, Brooklyn, and you can have Plumlee. You know, somebody like that that's blocked. Um, but it's a tough contract to move. Yeah. No, I get that. But to your, I get your point. Right now, Plumlee's been pretty productive, and he's got him handcuffed to Stewart anyway. So Give me Paul this week in a close matchup over Luke. I know Luke's team's on a hot streak, but I'm still taking Paul. All righty. On to the next one. We got Monstar Jams, which is Kyle, 65-53-3. and three. Versus the highly controversial Luca My Balls, who is 59, <laughs> 60, and 2. Um, this matchup, uh, I'll take Kyle. Obviously, the the easy that it's easy to say, you know, obviously because Luca My Balls doesn't pay attention, which you know he has Sakayam in his starting lineup, uh, Redick in his starting lineup. Wait, Beverly. wait, 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 wait. Turn was, it, yeah. Turn it back. Can we what? call it 20 okay. second timeout? You're the, you're the host of the show. I know this is tradition at this point, but Sakayam. Uh, no, I'll, I do what I want. Is okay. it? Is it because? Is it because <laughs> he's Occam. on Hurwitz's team? If he's yeah. on Ethos's team, maybe Sakayam again. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. He's injured. You know, I even though he's not playing tonight, he he doesn't he doesn't keep up enough with his team. But even if he was, I think I would still take Kyle this week, uh, purely from the standpoint Anthony Edwards. I'm sure everyone got their Yahoo notification how he's exploding. Um, it looks like over the past, I think, seven games, he's only he scored over 20 points in six of them, and the other one he was at 19. Um, he also has got had five rebounds in all of the all of those games except for two, where he's had four. He's had a couple of eight and nine rebound games there too. So he is uh, catching fire and becoming a volume score per Max's definition. Um, also, who who is Moses Brown? Do you guys know who Moses Brown is? No, but I saw the pickup today, and I was really excited. I was like, 14, that's a basketball name. 14 points, 10 rebounds at the half yeah. today. That's insane. Moses yeah. Brown. Uh, Moses Brown. He uh, had, uh, he's had at least eight points. He had uh, eight and 12 the other night, nine and nine the other night, 13 and four, and now 14 and 11 and counting. And I had never heard of him until that transaction today. But I'm a big dumb idiot. But <laughs> well, and he—I mean, he—he he also got Lavert back. He, I think he's played two games since coming back from his. Uh, it's a kidney thing, right? Mm-hmm. Kidney that got thing. discovered in a in the physical when he got moved in the Harden trade. Okay, yeah. He so he team physical. So he's been back, and and PJ Washington has has kind of caught in fire. Um, he had one game where he scored three points and couldn't couldn't shoot but he's had a couple double digit point high rebound games so it seems to me like it was good good when he played for max real shitty when he played for me and now that he plays for kyle um he's getting awesome again (laughs) but uh nonetheless i think kyle wins this week seven to four 
What uh, do you think about this one, Max? So, God, why do people listen to us? We're so dumb. Andrew and I both had the opportunity to keep Anthony Edwards. I drafted Anthony Edwards. Um, and now... Yeah, but you, you made moves because you're going to win now, I though. Know, you didn't I just know. You didn't drop Anthony hey, Edwards. Hey, Anthony, Ed, Anthony Edwards is going to help somebody. Could help The way he's playing right now would help someone win now. I'm just saying... Yeah, right. The point at which I sold Anthony Edwards, just like the point at which I sold Lamelo Ball, um, dumb. Okay, like I, I'd sold Huck Lamelo Ball for a bag of hats in comparison to what I could get for him right now. And same thing for Anthony Edwards. So just good on Kyle for having Anthony Edwards and hopefully PJ Washington as a keeper for the foreseeable future. Um, obviously, I'm going to pick Kyle to win. The uh, Luca My Balls has a good team. Kyle should still win and. and you know, I'm not going to talk about it any more than that. I will talk about his team name. So Monstar Jams is what he's been going with, if, of course, in reference to Space Jam. Um, and I'll thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Monstars <laughs> are in space. I was sitting Space here Jam thinking. is a movie from the mid-90s. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing that has been, you know, Ethan and I have been part of a discussion with one of our friends about uh, the newest Space Jam is the... Uh, the change in Lola Bunny's design. Um, and, and oh boy. There's a lot. There's just a lot of people have, have a lot to say about it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to dig too into this, but if I'm, if I'm Kyle, especially depending on what the reviews are like when that movie comes out, if he's going to make another name change pivot, um, I think like 96 Lola Bunny is a great... Uh, she was just she was thick well just say just thick she was the best player on that team from the toon squad side okay you take take michael um, off that team and lola bunny is the point i'll take i'll take bill murray i was also thinking bill murray <laughs> <laughs> i'm just Who saying put that, dan Aykroyd in this picture <laughs> <laughs> just saying lola bunny 96 or 95 whenever the first space jam came out um it's, it's something uh I, if you haven't seen the debate yet on Twitter, uh, I, you can go look at it yourself. People are weird. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. So, uh, Ethan. Ethan? All right. Ethan. Yep. Ethan. So, okay. I, um, I'll be quick with my prediction, but I have a, a little um, tag on that I really want to use my time for. So, I pick Kyle as well because he's paying attention. He's going to use his five moves. Kyle's kind of at a, a team that's at a crossroads where they're definitely going to make the playoffs and they're really starting to peak. And in terms of like number of guys who are keepable later than where they would go in a redraft, he has a lot. But in terms of can he beat any of the top three or four teams in the playoffs now? I mean, it's not impossible, but like, no, that's definitely still an uphill battle for him. So he's kind of at a crossroads with, you know, who among those many above value keeper backs does he want to actually keep who does he want to move to try and 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 what does he think is is going to put him over the top to be a top tier team with a chase you know chase is setting the bar brennan and paul are certainly there to are certainly within reach of, of said bar um so i'll be interested to see what kyle does within this matchup i think that um he's going to win the you know we've mentioned a couple hornets already the hornets offense right now is just on fire i don't know if it's sustainable at this level for the rest of the season but uh 
but I mean, it's I think being a potent offense to some degree for the rest of the season is sustainable. And so um, I might be eating crow on PJ Washington. Luke and Brennan will tell you I've been eating crow on a lot of wrong predictions involving UK players or alums uh, lately. So I'm just a big dumb idiot. But I really just wanted to say I'm interested to see what Kyle's going to do in the coming weeks because I think between Garland, Beal, Westbrook, and Fantasy, who um, still is a counting stats savant. I mean, he's a triple-double all the time, even if the Wizards lose. Um, Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, Levert, Ayton, P.J. Washington, Terrence Ross, uh, DeRozan, O.G. Ananobi, T.J. Warren. Every single one of those guys is keepable and I think would go ahead of their – current round in the redraft so that's that's a very it's a good problem to have but also like it's he's got to be decisive I think with who he wants to keep and who he wants to move out of those guys to get to where he's trying yeah, to go. he definitely needs to make a move to yeah. to try to win in my opinion but yeah anyway but yeah this week I, I pick him over Hurwitz though I mean Hurwitz just beat Max who's still making the playoffs so I just goes to show Hurwitz on paper probably still has the most talented team in the league. If only he tried. So up next we have Super Gallinario Brothers, Victor at fifty-seven sixty-two and two, versus Matt's Kevin Ware's knee thirty-eight eighty-one and two. Max, what do you think about this one? Uh, I mean, it's Victor. He's going to win. Good for Victor. He's coming up on his part of the schedule that's easier. Um, he obviously faced you last week, Andrew. How dare you? Right. And <laughs> he's facing Kevin Ware's knee this week. He's right there on the bubble. Um, at the same time as Hurwitz having who's who he's going up against. Hurwitz has a tough matchup this week. Um so Kyle, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's fantastic timing for Victor. He's got like the exact opposite of what my team has going. I, I'm facing the hardest teams in the league over the course of like four or five weeks. And hopefully the rest of his schedule is a little bit easier because I think his team is deserving of the playoffs. But yeah, enjoy this this week, Victor. Um, try and get a double-digit win out of it. Another one, that is. Um, probably not going to win turnovers, but I'm expecting 10-to-1, Victor. Nice, nice. Ethan, what about you? Yeah, I all I really have in my notes is stack game. Like, this is a big, this back-to-back of... And I lost 10 to one last week too, Andrew, this is a safe space, but uh, his back to back of, I love Derek and Kevin Ware's knee is huge. And Max sort of uh, mentioned this offline as well. Um, like the fact that he has this record he has against what was clearly a front loaded strength of schedule. Um, like that only further sort of solidifies how much of a threat Victor is to make a run at this eight seed. Um, but I will warn us again, somebody whose team is reeling. I think next week um, I play Luke, who's obviously another team gunning for that eight seed. So he has a stack game coming. So um, will be important that Victor follows through this week against Kevin Wearsney, but I expect he will. He's up. I think last I looked nine to two and he's going to need at least nine categories to really, maximize the the benefit of getting this matchup at this juncture in the season 
No, yeah, I, I completely agree with both of you. You know, he's only, I think, two, two and a half games back of that eight spot. So trying to just capitalize on, on as many categories as possible, trying to win 10 to 1, you know, minus the turnovers would be huge, especially like Max said. I think Kyle plays Luca My Balls this week, which I think if I think Kyle will win, but it'll at least keep it close within a category or two. So I think Victor can can jump uh, into the playoff spot next you know at the end of the week which is awesome especially considering you know he traded his number one pick he traded Embiid um, so I think it'd be awesome if he's able to you know still you know squeak it out and get into the playoffs even after trading him so I'd be all about that so we're rooting for you Victor Uh, up next we have Max uh, for Godzilla got busy Mm. at 70 50 and 1 versus Trevor Rumham Slam at 66, 54, and 1. I'd say on most weeks, this would be the the number one matchup. This week, it's a little, I don't want to say overshadowed, but when you got one versus two, um, it, it's not going to be the number, that's going to be the number one matchup. But this is still a, a super good matchup we have here. Ethan, what do you think? Yeah, to your point, another good measuring stick matchup for both sides. Um I like Trevor's team this week. I think obviously um, Max after that trade now, you know, Nurkic is coming back, but we don't know that he's going to play in this particular matchup. So that's a a missing piece for him this week. John Wall is going to be a missing piece for him this week. Um, Cam Reddish is going to continue to be a missing piece for him this week. Um, And and Trevor um, just had a big injury on his side as well with Marvin Bagley, but kind of, to what we were talking about earlier with Vucevic and in blind resumes, if anyone's team um, specific to big men could withstand um, losing a guy like Marvin Bagley, who um, is 14 points, seven and a half rebounds a night, it's Trevor. Um, so I just think he is, is better positioned for this week in a vacuum. Um, the last thing I'll say is Trevor has a guy who I don't think it's catching anybody off guard, but uh, I don't think we've mentioned him on the podcast this year, but I almost included him in blind resumes as well. And that's Jordan Clarkson, who has been suddenly like oh, man. point per game. That's a, that's a waiver wire pickup, isn't it? I think I'm pretty sure. I mean, yes. Yeah, so in trades, he probably doesn't have as much value yeah. when Trevor is also in win now mode. So he would just hold on to him. But yeah, like Jordan Clarkson is, perennial backup point guard who now is playing on probably the biggest threat to the Lakers in the Western conference, them and the Clippers and is scoring 18 a night at a pretty good field goal percentage, very good three point percentage. I think he's got five, he's five for 10 from three um, so far this week. So he's a guy that um, again, it's not like, it's not like Max doesn't have good players. I just, I feel like we've gone 12 weeks into the season and haven't mentioned him as, a scary contributor for a playoff team. So um, I take Trevor less so because of Clarkson more so because um, he's healthier and, and, um, and yeah. For sure. I, I, so I'll, I'll disagree with you there. I'm going to take Max this week. Um, While I think who knows if, if Lou Dort will play or when he comes back, I think, Max's team is is with especially with the trade is is one of the top three in the league. He has the the volume scoring, he has the rebounds. He's you know right now his team's shooting almost fifty five percent from the floor and over fifty percent from three. Um, and like I kind of said with with that type of volume scoring, like I said with Chase's team, um, with the number of volume scores that he has, and if he's able to shoot that high of a percentage, 
um, it's going to be tougher for Trevor to keep up. It looks like Zach Levine has 40 points at the end of the third quarter tonight, which, you yeah. know, doesn't hurt, you know, not a big deal or anything. Uh, but I, I will take Max's team in this with, with Trevor's team. Uh, like you said, the Bagley injury, um, really hurts. Um, although he still has the bigs. Um, and like you said, Clarkson it can go off on any night. Oladipo looks like he has 30 points tonight and he's just chunks up shots left and right. But I'll, I will still take uh, Max's team this week in a, in a much needed victory to kind of stay and, or maybe try to catch up with, with whoever loses out of that one and two matchup. Oh, Jordan Clarkson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Let me tell you why Godzilla's gonna get busy on rum ham slam this week. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's been a great matchup so far. Just I, it, it's Tuesday, okay? But two nights worth of games, and I think we've kind of gone back and forth. Like, I had the lead, Trevor had the lead, I have the lead again. Um, you mentioned Zach Levine's got 40 points tonight, Oladipo does have 30 points, he's also four of four from three tonight. Um, Trevor's got a bunch of guys that can fill up the stat sheet like that. I'm hoping, so Adebayo took some games off. I'm hoping he's fully back healthy. You know, he, he played okay tonight, didn't play his full full amount of minutes I would expect from him. I'm hoping John Wall gets healthy this week. I'm hoping, you know, uh, I can get LeBron for every game. I want Lou Dort to come back later in the week. Um, and then obviously I'm, I'm going to use all five moves one way or another, but it's going to be close. I'm not going to say I'm I'm going to dominate Trevor's team. Like I said, if, if Trevor's team gets hot, they can beat any team in the league. Um, but as of right now, I, I like it. I, I think, I think my team can continue the volume scoring. I don't think they can keep shooting threes at like 54% like they're doing. Um, but I, I think I've got enough to keep up with Trevor. The one thing I'm worried about is if his bigs take over and all of a sudden he just grabs a commanding lead and rebounds and blocks and all he has to get is some volume scoring. I think that's something he can make moves uh, to easily kind of close the gap on. So hoping my bigs come out, actually compete, contend this week, and we don't get any more Jamal Murray 40 burgers. Um, but I'm picking me, picking me six to five over Trevor. Are you worried about jinxing yourself there? You know, bad lucking your own self there? You mean pod cursing myself? Yeah. I, oh. I can't say that. You have it copyrighted, trademarked, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to say that. Well, first I, you of know. all, it's trademarked, and good job. You almost took the bait. I almost, got, <laughs> I almost took you for all you were worth. Um, no, I'm not worried about it. I picked myself like 10 weeks in a row, and I was on like a six-game winning streak up until Hurwitz's absentee team beat my ass last week six to five. <laughs> I remember uh, playing Warzone with you Sunday night and you realizing that your team uh, lost. It was a good time. You know, I always like to be happy in other people's sorrows. So we will move on uh, to White Man Can't Jump, uh, 64, 52, and 5 versus Shalom, y'all, at 52, 67, and 2. Um, I'll start off with this one. Um, Ethan, I know you kind of said at the beginning of the podcast, dude, your team is hurt. Yeah, it is. But I'm also like, I like Tyler Hero, game time decision. And then I'm a minute late to put him off my IL plus in my roster. So like, I'm also fucking shit up myself. 
But I have yeah, a lot but of red in that roster. Even even with Tyler Harrow, even if you would have, you know, checked it in time and put him in there, I, I don't give your team much of a chance. Um, I'm sure Matt's would like you to try to keep it as close as possible with Neil. Um, but just with your injuries and, you know, you got Embiid out, Van Vliet out. So that's, I would say, arguably your two best players. I know uh, Jalen Brown might have a argument with that, but I'd say with your two best players out on already a, I don't want to say tanking, but on already a, a rebuilding for next year's roster, um, along with you know my roster and, and Huck's roster, it, it's tough to kind of keep up with just the the, the stat stuffing that other rosters have. So I, I'm going to go ahead and take Neil's team here. Uh, Kemba's come back nicely from injury, in, in my opinion, and, and again his his team, you know, doesn't have much red. You know, you got a game time decision and then two injuries. Uh, but other than that, he's got all of his top guys going. So I'm going to go with, with Neil in this one. What do you think about this one here, Max? Yeah, I'm also going to go with Neil. Um, kind of have to. You know, like Ethan's yeah. team is in tatters right now. Like the Ethan's team, who has been bottom four in the league for a while now, is has way too many injuries. And Neil's team, who was just, you know, kind of a, a playoff contender, is now all of a sudden like – jumping up into the upper echelon like he's he i think there is a a wall between the top six teams and then that seven and eight spot um i would argue that trevor is one of the top six teams if you're looking at it right now he's seventh but anyways Neil's who do you team, take out uh if that's if of the if you think i think trevor's in seventh right trevor's yeah. in seventh i would if take you... i would take kyle out and put him just one one bump below, but Kyle also has more trade ammunition than anybody else in the league right now. So this can easily change. Um, but I, I, I think that there is a difference between, you know, the top five and Trevor's team. And then that eight spot, which Victor's fighting for and Kyle, um, whose team has been somewhat up and down this year is still very good. Um, I generally expect them to win more often than not, but I still don't think they're, you know, able to compete with Chase or, or Paul or anybody like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Neil is going to dominate Ethan. Uh, Ethan's going to be sitting on, a, on one of those special pillows next week because his butt's going to hurt real bad. <laughs> yeah, it's looking that way. I mean, some of these guys that I'm playing in my lineup, it's a fucking joke. Like, um, Let it out. Let it all out. <laughs> Dylan for Windler. <laughs> Dylan Windler has just been on my team, and he's no, he's a nothing player for a nothing Cavs team. Sorry, Luke. And I was about to say, who the fuck does that guy play for? <laughs> like, I've never heard of that human person. He's been on my roster for like a week now. I mean, I have. I guess there was also a large chunk of no games played in there, so misleading. But still, like I've I uh, I've just am yeah. I'm in a bad spot, but also, like I said, full transparency, like Tyler Hero, who's been load managed or had like little two, three game absences um, all throughout the season was game time decision after Sunday's game. And so I had him in an IL plus spot because it's like, I can't afford to not have as many guys on my roster as I can. Like, cause I just, it's all fucking lottery tickets anyway. And then, yeah, I see that he's listed as active for tonight at, like, 
601. The IL plus spots will, while they help a lot, they'll get you. Like you get comfortable like stashing a a game time decision down there or like a, or whatever it may be. And then you just forget to check or you're a little bit late. And I've, I think I've done that twice since uh, the IL plus became a thing is I've left somebody in there who was a doubtful or a game time decision. I've left him in an IL plus spot. Yeah. Uh, but as to this, it's, yeah, so it's bad management by me, but it's also, uh, just, I have been the kiss of death. I traded for Embiid, injured, traded for Davis, injured, traded Davis away for Van Vliet, injured. Uh, like I am just, I am, I am the kiss of death, but, um, Neil's going to win because he has a better team. Y'all know what kind of a James Harden advocate I am, uh, Kemba, like we're so far removed from the draft now, regardless of how Kemba ended up on his team. Kemba's a real contributor right now, um, and he's playing poorly tonight, and that's still 13 points, four assists on 40% shooting in, I think, a load-managed number. Was Kemba – I couldn't remember. Was Kemba the one that – I don't want to say bashed, but from the keeper standpoint, a lot of people – Kemba in the second round was – I referred to him as an oopsie keeper. That's right. I couldn't remember if it was for if who if it was for Kemba or who it was for. I thought it was Kemba. Um, so, but I mean, he's got Harden. He's got Brock. He, he, ben Simmons, who is Ben Simmons, can help you in. Um, you know, other than three point percentage and three point volume, like he'll help you in every other category as much as the best players in the entire NBA. So, him and Ben Harden Simmons is, has shot one three in the past month. Yeah, yeah, and he made it. <laughs> which, one three <laughs> which the percentage is great but he's not affecting the team percentage at all so it's amazing. go ben. that's right? just he fucking twitter fodder yeah exactly <laughs> he did it he did, he did it. it um before i yield my time kyle you have a lot of late keepers i have dudes like paul george in the second round so i like like Paul George is dead to me if you have good late round keepers. Oh so. boy, oh. using your platform. He's what? not he's not dead to me, but I do need I would I would move him in the second round for late round keepers. I think Kyle's second round keeper is Russell Westbrook, which is to say I don't think Kyle's keeping anyone in the second round anyway. I think he's just going to keep five other guys and have that round open given what's going to be put back in the draft. That's for Kyle to decide. If for trying to get up to the upper echelon Paul George in the second round is probably uh, the best guy I can move. So I'm whoring him out and I'm starting with Kyle because it's now occurred to me as I prep for this podcast, how much late round keeper value he really has. You hear, hear that everybody you, he only wants Kyle. Everyone else. I don't only want Kyle. I just think you're going to, it's good. If, if, if um, what's his face, Chase FC wants to give me Zion then yes, I will give him Paul George in the second round. That's fine. But I just think Kyle could put the best trade offer together. But prove me wrong, League. I dare you. I double dog dare you. Schoolyard. I, I really appreciate the, you, how quickly you walked back that statement of whatever. Paul George is dead to me. And then you go, wait, 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 wait. Paul George is dead. <laughs> like, as if well, in this know, climate. Just in case. I'm actually, I'm actually, no, it wasn't even, I mean, uh, Paul George is – I don't know him as a guy. He That's his business. I just – I'm not trying to move him because I don't think he's valuable. I'm just trying to move him because I suck anyway, so I may as well move back my keepers, whereas Paul George could help any playoff team right now. 
I just you really like the idea. I like the idea of you being like, well, what if Paul George hears this? Okay, Paul, you're not dead to me. Okay, if you're in, if you're in Dallas, I want to hang out. I, I want to party with you. Uh, right, let's grab Paul, some Bud you know, Lights. If Paul George is a burner account kind of guy, going deep into the annals of the streaming verse. Annals? Yeah, well, not anymore. Annals. Not anymore. Annals. Now he's going to be like, motherfucker. That son of a bitch. This? Man, I was going to sign with the Wizards. <laughs> I was going to sign with the Wizards next year, crossing them off my list. All right, let's talk about this dumpster yeah. fire. Let's talk about the toilet bowl. Is that okay to call it that? I think so. <laughs> the, the toilet bowl. I think I can call it that since my team is in it. I love Derek. <laughs> 39-81-1 and one versus Huck. Doink the Clown, 37-83-1. and one. Max, what is your super-duper in-depth analysis of this shit show? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, oh. I, like, I think Huck's going to win it. I'm looking at the matchup right now, and your team's shooting 67% from like from the charity stripe, and I'm like, oh, that's bad free throw percentage. You're probably going to lose that. And then I see Huck is shooting 62% from free throw percentage, and I'm just like, oh, God. Like, all of y'all's stats would be losing to most of the teams in the league this week. I'm, I'm going to pick Huck to win. I have real reasons why. Um, Neural. Neural's got three blocks tonight. Neural's been a solid just blocks only guy for Huck. Yeah. Um, the Crucifix, I expect to be back tomorrow. He's still going to get some games out of John Morant, Jeremy Grant, La, or Lonzo Lamar. What's the, the good Lamello. ball? Lamello, the one I The treated. good one. The, the good, good hey, ball. Lamello is the best one, but Lonzo's been playing pretty well. He's also available in the fifth round. Lamar's the dad. I it's been a long day. Lamar uh, is the dad. I don't give a shit who the dad is. He the this, good one's gonna play so this. Disrespectful <laughs> Everyone's mother is just horrified at how we butcher their their kids' names. <laughs> that's another one. If if any of the balls are listening to this, they're like, that's it. I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about this with Skip. Um <laughs> I think he'll get some games out of uh DeJuante Murray. Um, Keldon Johnson, you know, like Huck's team is really, really bad, but the players on his team that aren't really, really bad, I think, get more minutes this week than the really, really bad players on Andrew's team. Um, so I think Huck is going to win the toilet bowl. I also, I don't, I know the number one overall pick is alluring. I don't think Huck wants to be in last place. I really, I, I think he would like to climb out of that just for his own, you know, he's got two children, uh, a son now that, that wants to look up to him. He can't be in last place. <laughs> Ethan, what do you think of this one? Um, I am thinking I'm going to take Huck as well. I think he's – I mean, he's still missing Christian Wood. He hasn't had Jaron Jackson all year. Um, but he's basically as healthy as he's been all year. So, um, I mean, it's been an uphill battle. He's had to be very creative with his roster. But um, getting healthy when simultaneously – um, being the final team to land with quickly. I know he had quickly before and dropped him. I had him and dropped him. Someone else had him and dropped him. Um, so now, you know, now I think quickly is I, he's started at least once. And I, I think that's something they're going to continue to go with. So um, getting healthy when he's got quickly, when he's got neural, who's filling in as a starter, 
um, and getting rebounds, getting block shots. He, I think, is putting all the pieces together to get a win this week. Um, Andrew really just has Julius Randle. Well, that's not true. But in terms of – How dare you? Like Clint Capella, um, he's somebody who um, just missed last game, missing tonight's game. Um, who knows how much you're going to get out of him this week, stuff like that. Because um, Clint Capella obviously is an extremely important piece for you. I think in the fourth round, weighing keeper value, he's the best. Well, no, Julius Randle's still the best. But he and Randle are a cut above everyone else on your team, though. So not having him at full strength for the full week really is unlucky. No, I uh... – I, I, it pains me to say that that I think Huck's team will, will win this week too. Um, not having Capella this week, and I think he what I think he only has two more two more games this week. Hold on, I have no two. It. He has he has three. I guess he has what? No two. Uh, yeah, he has two more two games. More games this week, and who actually knows if if he'll actually play in them? Um, that really does kill me. Even though I'm winning, <clears throat> excuse me. Even though I'm winning rebounds already, he. I think if if Capella plays the pat, plays tonight and play, I could win blocks and and it also he's a field goal percentage points and things like that. Uh, I would like to say Julius Randle's on a mission. That guy is mm-hmm. insane. I don't know if you guys saw the, I don't. I called it a temper tantrum, but not really a temper tantrum about a no call that he got against the Nets the other night. But he's he's having another great game. Um, but aside from as Ethan said, as you know, beside Julius Randle and and Capella, my team lacks. Uh, Halliburton was was on fire, you know, before the All Star break. Then he got hurt a little bit and has come back super, super slow and mm-hmm. bad from the All Star break. And and I thought I made the right. De- I still think I made the right decision with with Halliburton over Anthony Edwards. But as of right now, stats wise, it's it's saying something different. Uh, but with Huck's team, as Ethan said, they're, they're as healthy as they have ever been, and my team has. It's just bad. You know, we're both bad, but I think Huck uh, squeaks it out this week in the toilet bowl, which hopefully it's not, you know, keep it close. Maybe we'll be tied for last place, and it'll be a fight to the end who actually gets uh, last place. But, yeah, I think Huck squeaks it out by a category or two this week. A little squeaker? So, a little squeaker little, in the toilet bowl? A little squeak, squeak, squeakaroo. Squeaker. little squeaker. But that does it for our Week 12 matchups. Uh in case you guys forgot what month it is, it's March Madness time, baby. So I'm not a big college basketball guy, of course. I make a bunch of brackets, gamble a bunch of money, lose all of it. For, for some reason, I decided to gamble, even though I've probably watched a combined six quarters of college basketball all year. They're all uh, the Arlington, too. I Literally, I think all but one. I think I watched the end of like a tech game one time. Uh, this year, but I will still gamble my life savings away uh, <laughs> on college basketball during March. But so I won't ask you guys who you think, you know, any sort of upsets or bracket unless you want to share it. But national champion pick who you got even. So well, I don't I won't share like any I actually have, am still finding my way through this bracket. Um, and finding way, my way through my feelings with no Kentucky. Last time Kentucky didn't make the NCAA tournament, nobody won the championship. If you ask the NCAA in 2013. So <laughs> All right, I think man. that's a bad omen. The basketball gods don't like Kentucky missing from this event. 
I don't know how a nine and 16 team doesn't get net large. It makes no sense to me. I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> I am, I'm rooting for Michigan because Juwan Howard was my first favorite basketball player for the Bullets when I was a kid. I'm rooting for Georgetown because Patrick Ewing dunking all over James Dolan is what we all deserve. Um, I'm rooting for Oklahoma State because I'm marrying an Oklahoma State fan, so I can claim that bandwagon, which is neat. I thought I'd only have to do that in football. And uh, I think those are the three teams I'm rooting for. That said, I'm picking Gonzaga to win it all just because if they don't win it all this year when some of the Blue Bloods, like, take UK out of it even, like, Duke's not in it, Michigan State and UCLA are in a first four game, um, like, UConn's just back in it for the first time in a long time, Syracuse is an 11 seed. Like, with Blue Bloods down, if you – if they don't finish it this year, it's that's a real punch to the gut. I mean, Mark Few's a Hall of Famer no matter what, but that really sucks. So I'm picking them kind of on that merit, even though I remember from 2015 how much more stressful the tournament becomes when people are talking about the undefeated thing. So did you um, guys I, I picked- see the the story of you said Michigan the about the Fab Five stuff? How like Chris Weber and Jalen Rose are, have been like fighting over the trademark for like the past five years, and that's why they were saying like you'll never you won't see any Fab Five shirts being sold because I Michigan's saw Ravel, good. I saw Ravel tweeted that, but then I also saw Jalen Rose refuted it. Yes, yeah, so he refuted it, but then I saw somebody post something on Twitter that was like it's like an official court document or public record that shows that there has been like a bunch of disputes going back and forth between the two. Not that it matters whatsoever to this Michigan team or to even this podcast. I just thought it you mentioned Michigan, so it instantly popped in my head. Well it is it is interesting and Michigan coached by Juwan Howard. Like it is interesting because Chris Weber does not have does not maintain any relationship with the university. Like they've been to the Final Four numerous other times in the past ten years under John Beeline mm-hmm. and they played in the national championship game one year. Um and like John Beeline or um and, and Jawan Howard came as a fan at that time. Jalen Rose came. Chris Weber never goes to any of their games. Like he doesn't, um, like he doesn't really maintain. And that obviously has a lot to do with kind of feeling like he was thrown under the bus and certain money he was getting cheated out of and stuff like that. So I thought I think that that backdrop certainly makes it all that much more interesting. Jalen Rose lives. Um, like wears Michigan on his heart and on his sleeve a lot more as someone in the public eye, at least mm-hmm. in my opinion. No, I agree with you. So for, for my picks, keep in mind, I, I already said six combined quarters total this year, right? So <laughs> I'm going to give you my final four. Uh, because Why? Because it's probably completely wrong. So I have Gonzaga and Alabama and then Baylor, West Virginia. So a big 12 battle. Uh, from the South and Midwest. And then I have Baylor beating Gonzaga by three in the national championship. I feel like Baylor and Gonzaga have been like the top two teams, the most two talked about teams pretty much the entire year. So I figured you couldn't yeah. go wrong with picking one of those. Max, you got one for us? I'm still trying to pick between two teams for the national championship. My bracket is going to be a mess. Like I love my bracket so much. Like like five minutes before games start, um, and then just for the rest of the year, I just uh, it's trash. It's like I have never made it to like the third weekend and being like, 
I could still win this pool. It's generally end of the first weekend or start of the second weekend that I'm like just ripping it up. Like, oh, great. Why did I do this? I have one team <laughs> left in the final four. $200 well spent max. Um, this year, I am going for one of two teams as national champion, and it's going to be either Alabama um, because, they, you know, I've, I've done enough research at least to try to make my picks. I was close to picking them over Gonzaga. I, I, I like them over Gonzaga specifically, like that matchup, um, mostly because fuck Gonzaga. I, they've burned me in the past. I'm not, I'm not fuck picking em. Gonzaga to, <laughs> to do it. They've burned me. And basically, I hate all uh, all NCAA basketball teams because of what they do to me in the bracket. But some I hate more than others. <laughs> and Gonzaga sits high above everybody else. Fuck them. They're not going to win it this year. Uh, Alabama has been on a uh, – like, they've been having a great year. I'm pretty sure they just won the SEC championship tournament. Yeah, they won um, the regular season and tournament championship. They It's unfair. It's bullshit. This – like it's not they're a great team <laughs> their coach nate oates it was the guy that was the great coach at buffalo if you remember them winning tournament games mm-hmm. a couple of different times um and yeah they're i mean they're fucking two seed rightfully so like they're dangerous but they're all pace and space if they have a bad game shooting from three they're much more vulnerable gonzaga's got that? nba caliber scores that if they can't score one way they can just go and try and score a different way I don't think Alabama shot that well in the SEC championship game. No, but they also played LSU, who's a seven seed. That's fair. That's a team they'd be favored over in the first weekend of the tournament. Alabama, from a defensive standpoint, is like apparently the metrics are very impressive. They do play um, They do play very good defense, and like counting stats get inflated because of their pace. But like on their per 100 possessions and stuff, they are they are very good. But I think that's because they wear teams down and – when they're hot from three, they really dictate style because they'll they'll Golden State you at a college yeah. level. So the other team I'm looking at is one of the teams Ethan's looking at, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. I saw them tear apart UT Arlington this year, and it sucks. Their best Bummer. player is an Arlington guy, Cade Cunningham. Hey, we kept mm-hmm. it closed for like the first half. We were there. Oh, absolutely. I was like, oh, this is going to be a real game. And then there were like yeah. four minutes left in the first half. We were down by like 50. Now that was that like Cade Cunningham's, I think like first game of college. And he was like a little timid for the first half. Yeah. And then in the second half, they were like, hey, you're by far the best player. Just you take the ball and go score every time. And that's what happened. Yeah, but just do, do whatever the hell you want. You're going to be right. the number one overall pick in the draft next year. Um, Oklahoma State's beaten some real teams recently. They beat Baylor, mm-hmm. who's a one seed. They beat yep. Oklahoma twice. Like they, the Big Twelve was a real thing this year, and you know they they played really well through it. Um, Cunningham is is in my opinion the best player in the tournament, and for that alone, if he gets hot, I, I think they've got a shot to win it all. So, you know I, that that to me is it's between those two. Those are my two favorites to win it all, based off of the research that I only started once the bracket was actually released. So, you know, I've done like an hour and a half's worth of research maybe while I'm not more than me or playing more zone. Um, (laughs) But that's, it's, it's either it's Alabama or Oklahoma state for me. If one of them wins it, then I think, uh, I think my bracket will have its first. I'm uh, I'm worried that my bracket will get busted by like a COVID situation, which would be the absolute worst. Ugh. But that's 
Let's let's hope not. But I think yeah. they said what you have to have a minimum of five players to play. So like they're doing whatever they can to like stop from a game getting canceled or a team advancing that way. But nonetheless, I think that's all we got, gentlemen. Any closing remarks? Are we good? Um, to Hurwitz, my ass doesn't feel great. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I have, you know, Victor, I'm rooting for you. I don't appreciate what you did for me, but I hope at the beginning of the year and when you made your trade, I was like, well, Victor's not as out of it now. I hope to prove me wrong. I'm rooting for you. And also, you know, hey, if you want to get felt up, my phone line's <laughs> always open. Also, uh, guys, this is an extra long episode, and I can't wait for Huck to see how long it is to, so he can be like, God, next week I'm back. Next week I'll have these guys, you know, keeping it down to a clean hour and 15, something like that. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. I think the listeners like the, you know, most times yeah. they, listen, they listen at work, and they're just bored. So I think while it might, you know, be kind of an inconvenience to the people recording it, as much as I, it wasn't for me, but I think the actual listeners and the people who listen it, probably like five of you, but uh, I think they enjoy the longer podcast. But Huck should be I back so next too. week. Uh, the normal crew should be back next week. You won't have to deal with my mispronouncing words and my dumb assery. No, but, we'll uh, have to deal, to deal with, with Huck mispronouncing <laughs> words and his dumb assery. Yeah, but you know, it's they're used to that, not me. But I appreciate, <laughs> you know, hopefully you guys enjoy and I think that's going to do it for us this week and uh, we'll be back next week with, I'm sure, just more riveting, riveting information. She working on the plan to heaven Follow the Lord on 24-7 days God is who we pray Even though the devil's all up in my face But he keeping me safe and in my place Say grace to the gates of race Without a change to face it just And it gets my soul a buzz Grudge me cause there's no mercy for thugs Ooh, what can I do? It's all about the family and how we grow Can I get a witness? Let it unfold We live in our lives so we turn our soul hey, okay. And we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying Every day, every day, every day, every day And we're praying Now follow me, Rosto, where there is tolerance, savage gummers. Cause thank you for the dead people, that's long gone, there is. While in these dead, boo. Instead of keeping up with their family, exactly. How many days we got lasting? While you laughing, we're passing, passing the wind. Cause I know I'm gonna meet you up at the crossroad, y'all. No, never ever got love with them both looks, baby. Really, really, what's gonna come home? But when it's gonna die, gotta go bye bye. All the little thug could do was cry, cry.